previously on Growing Up Gilmore. Or they're bickering back and forth, and then Rory says, Hello, my mom's not wearing any underwear. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, What? She's out of breath, and she's like, He kissed me. And he shoplifted. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, He looks like Christopher. And I think that scares her because she knows how smitten she was, and she doesn't want Rory to fall into that same pattern. Yes, that same pattern. Yeah. everyone this is amy and this is elise and we are growing up gilmore we are back this week with season one episode eight love and war and snow um if this is your first time listening or your eighth time listening thank you for being here with us and we always like to start the pod with a little review on the writing and the directing for each episode because it is something that we like to focus on. And Elise always does her little background research for us. So Elise, can you let us know who wrote and who directed this episode? All right. Uh, this is the director of Alan Meyerson. He was also the director of Deer Hunters. Okay. Uh, so I will just do a quick a uh, little recap on what he has directed. Uh, he has done episodes of Allie McBeal, Boy Meets World, um, Laverne and Shirley. Friends, okay, I remember this Frasier. guy. Yeah. yeah. So he's done a lot. I think it'll be fun to see if we can kind of pull out anything while we watch this, see if there's any similar to similarities to Deer Hunters. Okay. Um, and then for the writer, we have Joan Winder Bice. And she hasn't done a lot of TV that I was familiar with, but I see Sabrina the Teenage Witch was the most familiar I was, Eureka, and White Collar. Okay. And she also wrote uh, four other episodes of Gilmore Girls. Any good ones? Would you like to know? Yeah, I would. Paris is Burning. I love that episode. Star-crossed lovers and strangers. Oh, that's a good one, too. P.S. I love... Oh, that's a good one, too. <laughs> like mother, like daughter. Oh, I love all of those. That, those are great episodes. Is any, is like mother, like daughter season two? Yes, that's yep. the fashion show one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Fun. Yep. I, I will admit, I don't know if I'll notice any directorial things just because episode three, Kill Me Now, is so bad, in my opinion, that once we got to episode four, I was like, thank you. This is normal. This feels like Gilmore Girls. But I don't know if I like picked out directorial things that I liked. I think I see maybe one thing, um, just recapping in my head real quick. Uh, the Deer Hunters, Lorelai and Rory are very separate in that episode. Yeah, they are. That's true. Their storylines are not, they don't interact a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is very similar with Love and War and Snow. True. Their storylines are very separate. Mm-hmm. So I think Deer Hunters did a really good job of keeping me interested in both of their storylines without them being together. And I feel the same way with Love, Love and War and Snow. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even consider that connection there. I think it is probably really challenging to do a Gilmore Girls episode when the Gilmore Girls are not together. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Rory is with her grandparents, so she's got one of the kind of the girls, mm-hmm. uh, the Gilmore girl in there. But so I know that seems a little bit more like writing, but I think that execution wise with the director, he does a good job. Yeah, especially since the last time we had a Rory and her grandparents episode, it was episode three. And I was not crazy about that episode. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this time. Mm -hmm. This episode opens up with our very first town meeting. And Elise, you said you love town meetings. I do. I have never lived in a town that's had town meetings like this. I know. I want to go to a town meeting so much. (laughs) (laughs) And we get to meet the mayor of Stars Hollow, who we don't really see that often until Taylor Mm -hmm. takes over. And he's better at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His town meetings are way better. Um, The town meeting discussion this week is the war... The 12 men that stand outside Stars Hollow in the cold, waiting for the Redcoats. And as the mayor is telling this story, uh, Luke is getting progressively more and more upset. And Rory and Lorelai are basically egging him on without him hearing. Yeah, they're, they're coming to watch Luke get upset and they brought food. So this clearly is like this is like, yeah, this is like an annual affair. Yeah. They knew that it was coming. And he does like this rocking back and forth. And then he's got his elbows on his knees and he's like rubbing his head. And Rory's like, oh, he's adjusting his hat. And because it's like they're counting down to when he's going to flip out. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And eventually he does. He stands up and he's like, what the hell are you talking about? They might as well have been wearing prom dresses. Yeah, these guys set out in the cold for, what, 12 hours? Mm-hmm. And, and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. Like, get over it. We're not going to celebrate this. This yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> and the mayor's like, yourself. who is that? Who's talking? And he's like, it's Luke. You've known me since I was five. <laughs> and the mayor's like, oh, Luke, yes, sit down. And then he, like, keeps talking. He's like, did it ever occur to you that... We're celebrating something for our land that we stole from. Right. And it's like, oh, I love that. I know. An aware, a woke man. A woke man who doesn't have the audacity. And wears flannel. And wears flannel and that puffy <laughs> vest. Yes. But like, how did Luke become so progressive? Because he says his father used to do the reenactment. So clearly his father was in support of this. Mm-hmm. Where did he get this, like, progressiveness? Like, he cares about the environment. Clearly, he cares about, like, the world. Where do you get that when you are surrounded by people who don't? Yeah. I don't know. He must have done a lot of reading and stuff. And Mm -hmm. It makes me think that Luke is a lot smarter than we give him credit for. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like that they... They keep that up because we see that first initial way he is in, in Kill Me Now. Right. When Rory goes golfing. Right. So we see that he cares about the environment. and I think that's going to play into this episode because I do have a theory about Ooh. Luke in this episode that okay. I will get to later. I love a theory and I love your theories in particular. <laughs> but I think it's – I just – 
it makes me so sad for Luke because I think that he is really overlooked because of his father. And we don't, we don't see enough examples of it to like solidify that as like a concrete thing. But I do think a lot of the elders in the town overlook Luke because Um, they knew his father and he is living like a very different life than his father did. And he took that, that store that was his father's, which was the hardware store and turned it into a restaurant because he didn't want to continue the hardware store. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was an issue in the town meeting and yeah. So it's kind of cool to see they, as the shows go on, we do see little tidbits or tad bits of <laughs> tad bits um, of his relationship with his father and how it was strained. Right. And I think even just how rebellious he actually is. Mm-hmm. Hot. I know. So hot. And I think, doesn't <laughs> it, his sister at one point say that she's, a, he's actually a lot like his father. I mm-hmm. can't remember. But I think so too. That's probably in season two. Yeah. Yeah, because so. I don't think we meet Liz until season two. Because yep. we don't even know he has a sister yeah. until season two. Yeah, we'll have to get into Liz because I have a lot to talk about her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this meeting is funny because it's all setting up that this is going to be the big town event. Oh, yeah. And I love re- a big town event. The recreation of the 12 men. Yeah. Twelve men who stood outside in the cold for nothing. Right. <laughs> waiting for their red coats. After the theme song, we are in Lorelai's bedroom and she's awake. She runs downstairs and opens up the window and takes a big deep breath. And you can tell she's clearly very happy by whatever is happening. And she grabs the answering machine and sits down on the couch. And plays a message from our favorite man, Max Medina. Max Medina. Max Medina. It's Max Medina. Talking about how they still haven't gone on their date. And he drives past the the turnpike to Stars Hollow and thinks there's a beautiful woman waiting there for him. And goes on and on and on. And she loves it. Mm Mm-hmm. She loves being doted on. Yeah. I hate it. (laughs) It's painful to watch. It is. And I think only because it's like she clearly gives up all independence when she's like all in with him Mm -hmm. and just becomes like this puddle. I know. It's weird. It's very strange. But I mean, we know people like that in real life Mm -hmm. too. So it's like. It happens. It happens, absolutely. And it is exciting in the beginning. And yeah. if someone does like you, that is very, very flattering. Right. I don't know if I'd wake up in the middle of the night and... Listen to voicemails over and over and over again. No. No, I've grown past that point in my life. But maybe yeah. it's because she's so excited because she smells snow. Did we even go over that yet, did we? No, because I don't think she says it yet. Okay. Yeah. Because but... then Rory gets up. And she's like, it's freezing in here. Uh She goes over to close the window and Lorelai tells her to close her eyes and take a deep breath. And she goes, I smell snow. Mm -hmm. And this is like an iconic line now. Yeah. I don't think it was ever intended to be an iconic line, but it becomes one. She Mm -hmm. says it every season. I say it now on the first snow. I think I even post like a picture 
on my Facebook of like Lorelai saying, I mm. smell snow. And it's such a, it's such an iconic moment. Yeah. And we get to see her relationship with snow. Yeah, she views it as like a magical thing. All the good things in her life have happened on the day. It's mm. the first day of snow or when it snowed. Yep. Like Rory took her first step. She gave birth. She got her first kiss. All of these things. So clearly there's like a lot of pressure on snow to fulfill. provide. Yeah. Yeah. Fulfill like this fantasy for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clearly a romanticized thing. Yep. And... I think it's fine. (laughs) It's charming. It's very charming. And I think this episode really plays on Lorelai's romantic side. Mm -hmm. And I like seeing that because I do think whether we want to admit it or not, there is a part of all of us that has like this romanticized view of things in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think whenever it's snowing, that's when her romanticized view of life begins. Yep. And I like it too, because I feel like, you know, we live in the Midwest and we know how people talk about snow here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a negative thing. Mm-hmm. And she's turned it into a positive thing, which is great. Cause like, yeah. it seems like a lot of people like snow if it's Christmas and then that can go away. Right. I honestly think that my love of snow is because of mm-hmm. Lorelai. Yeah. I love the snow. I love snow, too. Like, I couldn't live somewhere without snow. Yeah, I need all the seasons. Me, too. To experience them very fully. Mm-hmm. Um, winter is not my favorite season. It is spring, no. but I do love snow. Yeah, yeah. I think it is kind of like a feeling of rebirth. Mm-hmm. And I think for her, this is kind of a moment of rebirth for her. She's starting a new relationship. The... Beginning talks of the inn are really relevant in these episodes. Like, there's a lot of things happening in Lorelai's life that's leaning towards a rebirth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the snow starting, like the beginning of a new season, is like a great time for her to start over. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun to see that. And exciting, because if yeah. you have all these positive associations with great times in your lives, your life, and it's snowed, it'd be exciting to be like, what's great is going to happen now that it's snowing. Exactly. So, exactly. Really cool. um, one thing I do want to point out in this moment that is kind of funny foreshadowing for a year in the life. Um, yeah. They're talking, Lorelai and Rory are talking and um, Rory says, it's okay because it's all fodder for the tell-all oh and I yeah who knows Amy did not write this episode so it's probably not really foreshadowing anything but now watching this knowing what Rory ends up doing in a year in the life mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of a fun that is fun. call back good to call. that yeah good catch yeah so overall I think the theme of this episode is going to be like magic and like things happening that you can't explain, but she explains with snow. Mm-hmm. And okay, we should also cover that she tell like Rory knows that she's listening to that voicemail, and true, it, and is okay by her listening to it. Yep, yep, but, that's true because the buildup between Max and Rory it plays pretty 
heavily towards the end of this season. Mm -hmm. And I think it says a lot about Rory that she's just like, yep, this is happening and just don't call my teacher sexy yeah but it can happen yeah (laughs) but she says while he's sexy he's also grammatically correct and she's like okay i can handle that that. yeah (laughs) we are now at the independence inn and i love how magical it feels now with lorelei Clearly, she is the best person for this job in the winter. She's like, we got to get the parkas out. We got to get the sleds out. We got to do all of these things now that the snow is coming. And, of course, Michelle, not into it. He's like, you know, this. there's a blizzard coming. Not everybody's excited about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pessimism, but... I understand that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Suki comes out. She says she wants to put maple snowflakes on all of the pillows, which I love. And Michelle says we should probably make them into buttocks so people get used to it because he makes a reference to alive, talking about how they have to eat people's buttockses to stay alive once they they freeze. If you get stuck out in a blizzard. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, Suki's like, I don't understand. Is that a real reference? (laughs) Or (laughs) is he being serious or not? And we cut to Rory and Lane. Lane is going on and on and on about Rich Blumenfield. Or Blumenfeld. And Rory is looking for her chemistry book. And you can already sense some tension there between the two of them. Because mm-hmm. Lane is like, I like this guy so much and won't stop talking about his hair. And Rory's just like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Yeah, I got Yeah, that. she needs her chemistry book. She yeah. can't find her chemistry book. And even at one point, Lane says, like, Rory, please focus. I'm trying to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. And um, Lorelai comes up. She knows where the book is. Um, she calls Lane Sergeant Pepper, which I love because I she's wearing her marching band uniform. <laughs> she's and, like, hi, Rory. Hi, Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I knew that the actor who plays Lane was older in the series, but at least you just informed me that she's actually 27. Yeah, when she first, this first season, she's 27 years old. I would have never guessed that she's 27. And it's and wild. Yeah. And I love that even though there's 10 years difference mm-hmm. between her and Alexis Bledel, you would never know. Yeah. And especially since this dynamic that's being introduced in this episode is that Rory's moving past Lane. Mm-hmm. Lane's still having crushes on boys while Rory's developing a relationship and mm-hmm. she's moving past that teeny bopper yes. age and that Lane is able to do that while being the old one, mm-hmm. older one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I do think it's interesting this episode, we get to see a little bit of jealousy, but it's done in like an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to see that after episode three, Kill Me Now, shows such an unhealthy jealousy. I think it's fair that we get a taste of something different now. Yep. And I don't know if that's in the writing or if that's just in Lorelai or what. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see when we experience jealousy with Lorelai again, how does it manifest itself mm-hmm. differently from episode three? 
But we go to um, the girls. Rory wants to get Rocky Road cookies for Dean. And no wonder Rory doesn't want to talk about Dean with her mother because it instantly turns into this like mocking her. Mocking her. Oh, you want to bring cookies for being bring baked goods for a boy. Yeah, and Suki starts singing this like I got the cookies for the boy and the boy for the Dean and (laughs) then just just has like a little song. Chaotic thing. Oh, it's so embarrassing. I do think it's interesting though that Rory is now also becoming swallowed by the feelings of her relationship. Like we're seeing it with Lorelai and now we're seeing it with Rory too. And it's just interesting how similar yet different the two of them are. Yep. There is a lot of overlap once you start paying attention to it in each Mm -hmm. episode Mm -hmm. between their storylines. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of mirroring between the two of them. We are walking through Stars Hollow now with Rory and Lane, and Lane is going on and on about Rich Blumenfeld and his hair and how he's perfect and she can't help it. She's like, he's never looked at me like I'm a girl, and I could never convince my parents that he's Korean, but I can't help it. I'm obsessed. And it's very clear that Rory is like half invested Mm -hmm. in what Lane is saying. And I'm curious whether or not you think that's because this is Rory kind of showing a little bit of Lorelai in her of like, that's nice, but, you know, whatever. Or is it her genuinely just being distracted I don't know. I was sitting there and I was wondering, I'm like, is it because she's got a boyfriend, kind of has a boyfriend now? Yeah, like she has a serious relationship. So like Lane going on and on about yeah. this guy is childish. Yeah. I And I don't know because I, I feel like there's like a, um, a lot of different parts of what you're saying to kind of to that. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely, I don't know. I genuinely don't know exactly how I feel about Rory in relationships too because she doesn't really have a lot of girlfriends as the show goes on and she does seem a little bit like Lorelai to me yes with Paris and with Lane Mm -hmm. also Rory does not strike me as the type who obsesses about boys no she's not gonna yammer on about how cute they are and what she needs to do next that's just not on her agenda I have never I can't really recall that much maybe a little bit with Logan yeah. In the future. And I but, think maybe that's just because of her age at that time, too. And he was, like, the first guy that didn't, I don't know, roll the red carpet for her. He was a little bit harder to get. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we can get into that later. But, yeah, yeah. so she's just not that type. I no, think a I lot think of that's, that's true. It. Yeah, because I, like, remember growing up, like, even watching this, I was never really a boy-crazy kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I genuinely did not care. Yeah. I was boy crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was. (laughs) I don't know to the extent of Lane, but yeah, I just wouldn't talk about it every second. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Like the only time I've ever been like boy crazy is like when I am already in a relationship and I'm boy crazy for that boy. Yeah. 
you know, or man, I guess Me I too, should for say. two seconds and I get bored. Yeah. Just kidding. No, you're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's interesting to see this because we see this dynamic a lot with Lorelai and Suki, where Suki's talking about mm-hmm. something important to her and Lorelai is just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And now we're seeing it with Rory and mm-hmm. Lane. And it's very clear that there's like a disconnect yeah. between the two of them and right now. And I feel now. bad for Lane, but I don't know. And it's, it's hard just... because Rory does have a lot of things changing in her life and that is going to affect their friendship. Mm-hmm. Like it's unavoidable. Yeah, and it's that weird part in a friendship where you start to separate a little bit when you used to be so close Mm -hmm. and then you start to separate because of things like how life evolves, you know, Rory's getting a boyfriend and that's probably what Lane needs to do, Mm -hmm. but she's not quite there yet. And she really wants to be, and I really want her to be too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think it's just Lane is held back by her parents a lot. Mm -hmm. And I also think that because she's held back by her parents in that way, that kind of pushes her to be more boy crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, where Rory was never really, like, pushed. In fact, I feel like Lorelai has kind of pushed her away yeah. from being in relationships with boys well, or men. it's weird, too, because Lane's parents do push boys on her. It's just the type of boys that they want. They want her right. with a, another Korean boy and he's going to medical school Mm -hmm. so there's like high expectations where she's just like not not that she wouldn't date a korean boy it's just that she wants to like who she wants to like right and i think the more you push it on her the less she's gonna want to do it yeah yeah but we do see this like jealousy kind of start especially because dean comes Mm -hmm. and sits with them on the bench he read jane austen and there's, like, this cute little bonding moment between Rory and Dean over reading. And she just totally ignores Lane, kind yeah, of. Yeah, she, like, shifts her body to face Dean. Mm-hmm. And you just see Lane, like, in the background. And she's just glaring at Dean like we all are. Yeah. And then Dean's like, okay, well, you need to read Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Johnny Depp. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> God. And... He gives her a kiss because she gives him the Rocky Road cookies. And, like, they have, like, this little moment and there's Lane just sitting there. And then she's like, yeah, I got to go. I would do the same exact thing. I'd be like, I wouldn't have even announced it. I would have, like, the minute they went in for the kiss, I would have gotten up and left. Like, whatever, you guys don't even see me. So I would have been following you. So don't worry. (laughs) But she wanders off and then it's just... or it's just Rory and Dean sitting on the bench and then it fades out. So I think it's good that we get to see a little tension between Lane and Rory because I feel like that's an accurate depiction of what would happen. Like Rory is at a new school. She has a new boyfriend. All of these different things are happening. And it's hard to it's hard for Rory to even keep up with life with her mother at her new school how is she going to balance friends and a boyfriend and school and, you know, her grandparents and mm-hmm. all of these things? Well, something's got to give. You have yeah. to give something up in order to balance all of that. I mean, we all know that 
And I feel like a reoccurring theme in a lot of these episodes is the girls finding balance. Mm -hmm. And exactly. And with Lane too, if Lane were in an actual relationship, Rory might be able to relate to it more. Cause now I think she thinks I can't relate to this cause I'm actually dating someone. Right. Like I'm not just having a crush. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I don't really want to talk about that with you, which yeah. is rude. Yes. Yes. It's very rude, but it's kind of relatable. No, I think so too. I think so too. And I think, Lane just doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. she feels kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you that's know, fair. very fair. Yeah. <laughs> Lorelai is at the inn announcing that we have flakes. We have flakes. Snow is falling. She's so excited. She tells Michelle to make a wish. And he says, please get away from me. Get away from me. And she says, oh, you're not supposed to say it out loud. <laughs> um And I think I've watched that part many times because it always makes me laugh. But I love seeing her excited about the snow. Again, she says everything happens when it snows. It's quiet. The world changes. The world changes. Yes. And suddenly the phone rings and it's her mother calling to tell her that the weather is horrible there already. She sent their driver to pick Rory up from school. They established that, or no, she says, it's so bad, it's so bad, it's so bad. And then Emily says, well, when are you getting here? <laughs> and She still expects her to be there for Friday night dinner. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, uh, I'm not coming if you say it's as bad as, or if it's as bad as you say it is. So they established that Rory will stay with them. She'll stay the night. And... um Lorelai is stuck in the hollow, as she says, mm-hmm. for the evening. So it'll be interesting to see what Lorelai does with an evening all to herself. But I think so far, directorial wise, it doesn't feel out of the ordinary. This feels like a pretty seamless episode. Mm-hmm. And I haven't noticed anything special about the direction Hmm. not me either yeah it just feels like a normal episode which is fine Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like you know amazingly done yeah we'll have to and laura i did finish lauren graham's book so she does talk about some directing terms that they used um specifically in the show so we'll have to explore that later oh yeah please absolutely Um, As far as writing goes, it feels very consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell it's not an Amy or a Dan episode because we are, we only have seven references so far, (laughs) but we are only 14 minutes in. So, I mean. Well, we got to, that's good because the next episode is wild because that's an Amy episode and there is a lot of references. There are tons of references in that episode. So, Um, but we end with. Establishing that the girls are going to be on their own tonight. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. And I'm excited to see Rory with her grandparents alone. Me too. Because there's like that lack of hostility when Mm -hmm. Lorelai is not there. And I feel like we get a more genuine Emily and Richard around Rory. I think so too. We are in Stars Hollow now with Lorelai. 
walking around, but the scene starts with the 12 men getting ready to stand outside in the snow for 12 hours and Luke trying to stop them again, saying they're, if people drive through the town, they're going to think that we don't have we have bad padlocks on our loony bin or whatever. And Lorelai says, isn't that nice? The only. The police chief, the yep. fireman, the <laughs> paramedic. The medic with a yeah. valid license. I feel safe in the middle of a snowstorm. And Kirk's there, too. And Kirk. Yes. Would we count this as a Kirk job? I don't know. This just seems like a hobby. Yeah. I think all of Being his jobs re- are hobbies at this re-enactor. point. Um, but there's this really great moment where Luke is super grumpy about the snow. And Lorelai tells this story about when she was five, she had a horrible ear infection and she was home for a week. And she hoped and wished that something wonderful would happen and the next day she woke up and it had snowed and he said didn't your parents ever explain the concept of weather to you and she's like it doesn't matter it's it's magical Mm -hmm. she's like I thought it was a present like I've obviously grown up I'm not Mm -hmm. five years on you five years old anymore I know that this is just weather but to me good things have happened and she has like this permanent smile on her face and I know Luke is, like, being a smartass on purpose, but there is, like, this look in his eyes that he is clearly falling in love with her. He loves that positive side of Lorelai. It really balances his his grumpy nature. Yes. And it opens up his softness because then he's able to expose a little bit about himself. Right. Yeah, he shares... A story about his father, how he was a reenactor and he had a musket and he was buried with the musket. And I think that this like moment between the two of them means so much more to Luke than it does to Lorelai right now. Mm-hmm. But I definitely get the sense that if Lorelai had taken him up on his offer for coffee. Because he tells her to come into the store. Mm-hmm. He's and like, I'll make you a cup of coffee. You want to come inside? She says no. But I do think if she would have taken him mm-hmm. up on the coffee, something could have happened. And this would have been related to the magical thing in her life associated with snow. Right. And I think Luke saw that as an opportunity. He's like, the snow, she's so happy. It's like a beautiful moment. And I think he was really disappointed Mm -hmm. and like let down. But he goes on, she walks away, and he looks at her with this like hope in his eyes. Like he's seeing her in a different light. I think, I think so too, but I think that he should have just whipped that clothes sign on his building and gone on a walk with her. I don't think he's ready for that. Well. I think so, too. <laughs> I agree. Like, that's what I But maybe it would have came see. off too eager. But I think she would have been like, yeah, totally. Walk with me. Yeah. But maybe he felt like he was, she was kind of turning him down. So. I think she clearly wanted to stroll alone to reflect and enjoy the snow. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't even get to do that. Because while she's walking... Lo and behold, at Gypsy's car shop, 
is Max Medina and his car broke down. And I do think really quick, this is just occurring to me. We should probably address that the character's name is Gypsy because I do know that Gypsy is yeah a not a great term to use anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be very clear that the character's name is Gypsy yeah. as we use it in this podcast. Um, but his car broke down and he's stranded in Stars Hollow for the night. And one of the first things he asks is, where's Rory? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> just, yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we totally forgot Lane. Ah. Okay, what do so we do? Lane. Let's backtrack a little bit. Okay. So Lane is going to perform with the marching band and they're all getting ready to perform. I love that the band director says, like, do not put your mouth on your instrument until we are inside, which implies that it's probably very cold outside. Yeah. And she's standing there. Clearly, Rich Blumenfeld is kneeling down, getting his instrument out. And she looks and she takes her fingers and she goes through his hair realizes what she did and then she just runs away yeah everybody's staring at her and like what are you doing right and he does have very nice hair she is correct oh yeah no but like everyone saw her do it (laughs) and it was like horrifying in my notes all i wrote was no lane with like (laughs) two exclamation points but it's just it's lane she can't help herself (laughs) And I think she's just been obsessing over it for so long that, like, the intrusive thought won at that moment. But (laughs) back to Max and Lorelai. They establish that this is a sign. She says, I love the snow. So she sees this as a sign. And honestly, how could you not? Yeah. Like. I would, too. Right. And it does end up being a very cute date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are now back with Emily and Richard and Rory. Emily is on the phone talking to their cook, and she's very stressed out because the cook says she will not be able to make it in the storm. She makes a big ordeal about how this is the only good meal Rory eats all week long, and Richard says that's ridiculous. Very clear that Emily is trying to have like a good impression on Rory and Richard's like, I don't think we need to bend over backwards for her. Like she's completely fine the way she is. Rory says, we don't need to go anywhere. Like, let's just go look in the kitchen and whip something up. And this is when we get to see the difference in Rory and her grandparents, because both of her grandparents came from like well-established families they probably never had to cook or prepare a meal and Rory has been making food for her or her mother or ordering food for her and her mother for god knows how long and we look in the freezer there's all of this food but yet Emily says there is nothing to eat (laughs) and Rory finds a frozen pizza and they're just like what oh like 
That's, that's what, not ours. That's the maids. Yeah, and that's what you eat at a carnival, doesn't she say yeah, that? Yeah, it's carnival food. Yeah. <laughs> and Rory says that she'll prepare it, that she'll let them know when it's ready. And she asks Emily if she knows where a cookie sheet is. Or she said, what are the odds that you know where the cookie sheets are? And Richard roasts Emily and says the chance of her knowing is very slim. (laughs) And I think that that's fun. I like to see this like playful banter between Emily and Richard a lot. Um, But I think this is going to be a great example of them seeing Rory in her element and making things happen and that she can fend for herself and she can care for herself and that she learned how to do this from their daughter. One thing I forgot to mention earlier is I'm really loving the contrast between Emily hating the snow and Lorelai mm-hmm. loving the snow. It's just another way that we get to see their dynamic manifest itself. And I think, too, Lorelai loving the snow probably stems from her mother hating it so much. <laughs> but we are now with... Lorelai and Max and they are walking through Stars Hollow. They have food in their hands and I have to ask this question of you. Why didn't she take him to Luke's? <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> like I said, she's she tends to be a little bit more um she hides things like that from Luke. Right. Like if you're if I were in Stars Hollow, I would bring everyone to Luke's Mm -hmm. because it's Luke's. It's the best food, the best coffee, the best of everything. And yet that's her favorite place. Yeah. They went to like some random food truck that I've never seen before Mm -hmm. or ever see again. (laughs) It's like you really went out of your way to not bring this man to Luke's. Uh Anyway, I just had to ask because, Uh, yep, you know. Very astute, Amy. I just, and I've noticed that in the past. That's not like a new yeah, thing. Yeah. Because even like when Bryn and I watched this, he was like, she's really sneaky. She is not bringing him to Luke's. And I was like, I know. I know. But I wonder why, though. I've. It's like she really must know that Luke is the one somewhere deep down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or she's just... Wants to keep both options open. I think subconsciously she does know. Mm -hmm. And I think she doesn't like to parade other men around him because she knows that he's into her too. Mm -hmm. And we see it. We get to see it in this episode even. Mm -hmm. Like how he reacts. But... There's this moment where they're talking about fate and how wonderful it is that they're both here at the same time and that he was engaged once before. She was never engaged. And they're like trying to cover all the bases here and like ask all of these questions about previous relationships. And I just get the sense that things are rushing. Mm hmm. Like, it's just, we're on this walk, let's cover all the bases before we have, like, this official date, if you want to call it a date. And it's like, these things could be spread out over time, 
And yet here we are like drilling each other. And he says it's a match made in heaven. And it's like, slow down. Yeah, he's always too fast. Mm-hmm. So fast. And I just get the sense that he is someone that moves fast. Mm-hmm. And we know people like that in our own lives. And it's just like, let's stop and smell the roses and enjoy the moment and live in the moment. And I think... I'm surprised she's not running for the hills. I am too. Because that seems like a Lorelai thing that someone coming on too fast, because we see it with Luke, how slow that is. And that even freaks her out a little bit that he kind of likes her. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I know if he if Max was doing this to me or this was happening in my life, I'd be so gone. Oh, my, absolutely. There'd be like dust behind me. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how different it is because we've watched it. We already know that Luke and Lorelai end up together. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. But it's such a slow burn. And I think that that's what scares her more because it has been built up over time. And they're friends. And, and they're friends yeah. and they live in the same town and there's all of these different pressures. And with Max, it's like he's not a nobody, but he is a nobody. Nobody knows him. There's not as there's not risk involved as much. Right. I Besides mean, with her daughter, but exactly with yep. teaching or or in the same school, I mean, but right. But it's it's a, a different dynamic, mm-hmm. and I think for Lorelai, she just wants to be happy, mm-hmm. but she compromises so much for happiness. She does. But yeah, I don't get why Max has to go so fast with everything. Even no. he got the date. They're on the date. That was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And now he's still moving fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back at the Gilmore residence with Richard screaming on the phone to someone. And I love this moment when he says, can you hear me? Are you listening? Because I want you to hear when I hang up on you. And he hangs up the phone and he's like, what a moron. <laughs> But Rory goes upstairs into Lorelai's old bedroom and she's looking through things and she finds a photo album inside of a drawer. And when she opens up the photo album, a photo booth um, picture falls out and has four pictures of Chris and Lorelai in 1983. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a very surreal moment because I don't know how many photos Rory has seen of her mom and dad actually together. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice. And she takes it and she sticks it in her jacket. because mm-hmm. She wants to keep it, which I think is very sweet. And she gets a, a beep a page on her. What do you call it? A beep or a page? It's a pager. Yeah. I always called them beepers. I, th- I think that's. I don't know. I think whatever. That's, I think they could be called beepers. Too. I think they're called pagers, though. Yeah. I don't know. But it's hilarious that she has a pager. I didn't know that she had That's one. like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too. She has a pager. It's oh, like, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, but she gets yeah. a page, and she ends up calling her own house with Lane answering the phone, asking where she is. <laughs> She's like, Lane, why are you at my house? Yeah. <laughs> 
So clearly Lane, after brushing her fingers through Rich Blumenfeld's hair, runs to the Gilmore residence, which makes the most sense. Yeah, she wanted to talk to Rory. Yep, and Rory's not there, and she goes on this whole spiel. She's like, of course you're at your grandparents' house, you're at your grandparents' house, or you're at Chilton, or you're talking about Chilton, or blah, blah, blah. She goes, you have... You have everything going on, and I have nothing except 2,000 Korean Bibles. And I think this is what we've talked about in the past with Rory, where she has all of this composure. Now we are seeing someone else lose their composure. And it's jealousy in a very well thought out and well done way. Because mm-hmm. we've seen it done not well. And I think this is a very appropriate response for a teenager. Yeah, she just needed to get it out there. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm sick of it because I need to talk to you and I feel like I don't have my friend anymore. Yeah, so she- I'm just going to blame everything on you. Yeah, she like essentially blames putting her fingers through his hair on Rory for not listening. And Rory's like, I, okay, I'm not home because it's Friday night dinners and you know I have Friday make dinners every week right yeah calm down and also you're in my house right yeah you're (laughs) in my house and no one's home (laughs) i just love that she can talk lane down and lane Mm -hmm. does come down from it eventually kind of yeah kind of because the phones disconnect and she's still like screaming at rory a little bit (laughs) and i'm sure she's like great she hung up on me now so now she really doesn't want to talk to me But as the phone disconnects, Emily comes running into the room and she's like, quick, you need to come downstairs. It's an emergency. And it's just the oven timer going off. And she's like, I need to call Lane back. And she goes, this is important. I can't figure out how to shut it off. They go downstairs and it shows the three of them sitting at the table with their pizza. They have a fork and a knife with their pizza and they're eating this frozen pizza off of like nice china which i adore and richard loves it emily is not sure about it until rory adds freshly grated parmesan on top of it and then emily is all about it and she runs over to richard's pizza and puts the parmesan on top at this point Rory then says, runs upstairs and comes back down with this photo album. And she says, oh, I found this photo album in mom's room. And Emily says she hasn't seen it in years. And they're looking through these photos. They see one of her sister. They see one of Lorelai as a baby. The wedding photo of Emily and Richard. And then we get to this photo of Lorelai in a white dress And Rory says she looks so beautiful and she asks what it's from. And Richard immediately wants to change the subject. But Emily says that was for her coming out party. And Rory says, oh, I didn't know that she had a coming out party. And Richard says she didn't. And there's this moment where Rory then realizes, oh, this is when you found out that she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And we do get to see that scene later in the series. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that, though. Yeah. and (laughs) I didn't like the actress they picked. Yeah. And you can tell it's a a harder subject, I think, for Richard than it is for Emily. 
And I think that just shows more of what we've been talking about, where I think that Richard and Lorelai had a very close connection. And he lost a lot of that when she got pregnant. And they don't want to say that things fell apart when she got pregnant because they love Rory. Mm-hmm. And you can see that that's kind of a hard thing for them to balance because they're like, that was a very difficult time, but now we have you and you are so important to us. And they, I can just tell that they're treading lightly in yeah. this situation. But they just like leave her alone. Yeah. They, they both, both like up. go off and, and do something. And she's left there with, this book to look through and it's hard because my husband and I were watching season two this week and he said all this show is is a lot of unresolved trauma that just constantly comes up and has to be dealt with eventually but it doesn't get dealt with until much later. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I mean, but think about what family doesn't have unresolved trauma. Like it's it's very accurate that there are things that families have that they just do not talk about for whatever reason. And I think this show does it so well because it's this is a very difficult thing for Emily and Richard to talk about, but they they love Rory, and I think that that overpowers the hardship that they have with Lorelai getting pregnant and moving out. And they missed out on things with their own daughter. And Emily said in episode six, I don't know my daughter, but I want to know Rory. Mm-hmm. I want to get to know Rory. This is our second chance to be involved. And I think that is so genuine and there's something so sweet about it. And, like, I get a little choked up at that scene because it's so hard for them to remember that time and to go back to that time. But then they look forward to all of these moments with Rory, like they're getting another opportunity to live this life that they wanted for their daughter. They get to live it through their granddaughter instead. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really beautiful. This week we took a week off of baking, which was a very welcomed break, I think, and decided that for this episode we were going to bust out some frozen pizza and some grated Parmesan and enjoy a little slice in dedication to Emily and Richard having their first frozen pizza. Mm -hmm. Elise picked out... Connie's pizza, which I had never had before. I don't think I have either. I just picked it because it was the closest one to the coloring of the pizza that Rory holds up. Right. Because the we, red and the white. Label. We looked it up and it wasn't a real brand. So we're like, all right, let's just find something that looks similar. And that's what we went with. It was sausage pizza. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I loved it. We kind of cooked it a little long too. We did because we were recording. <sighs> The next episode and the timer went off and we were like, okay, let's just finish these like last two minutes. We'll get it done. And then the minute I hit end recording, Elise like runs to the kitchen (laughs) to get the pizza. Another minute or two, it would have probably burned. Yeah. But no, honestly, it was like 
perfect. Yeah, it was really good. Like super crispy. It was really great. Mm-hmm. And it had like the cornmeal bottom. So mm-hmm. you know that that's like, that's good pizza. Yeah, I recommend it mm-hmm. with Parmesan. I, Yes, with the Parmesan. Yeah. I will not have pizza without Parmesan. And, like, I usually the do the grated, powdered. Yeah. But this was, like, grated Parmesan, and it was so good. Yeah, I like the – I prefer the grated Parmesan. Mm-hmm. Me too. So I would give our Connie's Sausage Pizza a five stars hollows. I give it a five stars hollows, too. We also get to see Lorelai and Max on their date. They are watching the house on Haunted Hill Mm -hmm. in town. And they're sitting on this big couch surrounded by people. And she keeps asking, like, are you scared yet? Are you scared yet? Are you scared yet? And he says, you're rather annoying during movies. And she makes this comment of, I want you to see all of my flaws So you can appreciate all of my attributes. And he says, like, oh, yeah, it'd be really hard to only picture you as, like, a perfect woman and whatever. Also, I want to say they're watching The House on Haunted Hill, the original, like, the 650s. It's not, like, the remake with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, I just wanted to clarify that. I didn't even know that there was a remake. Yes, it okay. was the 90s and it was really bad. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Um, but I mean, I guess when I think about Max and Lorelai, like him calling her a perfect woman just like solidifies like this moving fast. Like mm-hmm. he knows what to say to bring her in. And it makes me wonder, like, how long he was in a relationship with that woman that he was engaged to previously. Yes, because we didn't really discuss that, but um, earlier he said that he had been engaged to a woman. Right. And then she basically moved out of the country to Thailand. And didn't want to come back. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, you got away from him and realized. (laughs) (laughs) God, you know, I want to stay here in Thailand. Right. It's like, I, like, when my husband says things like, oh, you look so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, (laughs) whatever. I can picture you right now. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, when Max says that stuff, it feels creepy to me. And maybe this is, this goes back to us talking about how, like, I just don't know if, we said we didn't know if Scott Cohen was like the best Fit. person for yeah. this role because it does come off weird. And maybe if it was someone like we said, Patrick Dempsey, it would be different. Mm-hmm. But I just he's not as charismatic as he thinks he is. I know he he does. He thinks that about himself. <laughs> yeah. And I it comes off more as like pompous. It comes off like he just wants to sleep with her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it comes off to me. Well, yeah, especially when the first thing he asks is, where is Rory tonight? Yeah. It's like, come Calm down. On. Like, let us go on a freaking date first, please. Like, get to know me a little. Buy me a cup of coffee, and but not at Luke's. I get it. She is a very, very gorgeous woman. Like, right. she's gorgeous. I get it, but... Calm down. She is clearly already, like, interested in you. 
So I think you can lay off the, like, you're perfect, you're beautiful. This makes me think of RuPaul's Drag Race because there's, like, this queen that gets upset about another queen. And she's like, she's perfect. She's beautiful. Did you stone those tights? She could walk out there wearing a diaper and they'd say, oh, Valentina, you're gorgeous. (laughs) Anyway, but he doesn't need to lay all of that on. Like, she knows... She knows you're interested, buddy. Like, Try a different tactic here. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're winning her over with words, but we're not seeing any actions mm-hmm. to back it up. And I need that. I need it too. We are now with Luke outside bringing coffee to all of the men standing outside in the cold. The snow is really coming down now. And they don't want to take the coffee. The mayor's like, I'm not taking the coffee. They didn't have coffee. And finally, Luke says, my father would have taken the coffee. So he's like, okay. But then it turns into, I want cocoa. I want herbal tea. I want this. So then Luke, of course, is taking orders. And while this goes down, he sees Max and Lorelai walking in the street. They kiss. And you immediately see, like... This gut-wrenching heartbreak. He looks down like, oh. Yeah. He looks so sad. Mm-hmm. Like, almost like, what a fool I am uh-huh. to think that she would have been interested in me. So now here's my, my thought process, Yay. a theory, if you will. We talked about how earlier in the episode... Luke is very well read. He is very intelligent. And you wouldn't know that by looking at him. And I think that he has a lot of insecurities involving his intelligence and the way he comes off to people. And I think when he sees Lorelai with Max, it's this, I could never be with her because I am not professor or a teacher or you know I'm just the owner of the diner Mm -hmm. I just give her coffee and this is kind of the first time we really see like a genuine insecurity with Luke and I think this insecurity really inhibits him from going after Lorelai for a while now Mm -hmm. although I mean he doesn't know that Max this guy that she's with is a professor but, but it's the idea what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's like, what does this guy offer her that I can't offer her? It has to be something because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the way he's dressed too. Like Max Medina is like in a nice jacket and like a suit and, you know, he came from teaching. So he's going to be more dressed up and Luke's like, Of course she's going to go for somebody like that. She's not going to go for somebody that wears flannel and a backwards cap and a puffy vest, Mm -hmm. you know, or someone who deals with men standing out in the snow or, you know, like. It's just he has a ton of insecurities. And we don't really see them until now. Mm -hmm. And I think he really thought he had a chance with her earlier and maybe was hoping after she was done with her walk that he would see her again that she would come in for coffee and it's just hard because I think that when you really like someone and then you think there's a chance and then you see oh 
was that all in my head? Yeah. And you can see that in this act. He does such a good job portraying that emotion. Yes. Yeah. And without saying anything. Yeah. It is such like a gut-wrenching feeling. And I just feel for Luke a lot in this moment. And Luke is not perfect. Like, we talk him up a lot on this podcast, and we talk down to a lot of the other men. (laughs) But Luke is not perfect either. But I don't feel like we get to see a lot of that until season two. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this moment, man, I felt for Luke there big time. Me too, me too. We are with Lorelai and Max now, arriving to the Gilmore residence, and you can sense that there is some hesitation with Lorelai here, because she's never had a boy at their house before, and I I can't tell if it's because it's Max, her teacher, the fact that it's just a man at their house. Um, She says she's dated and she's dated since, you know, having Rory, but she's never dated in this house. And he is just not taking no for an answer. Yeah, I don't understand. It's the first date. I don't I don't know why it's so urgent for him to come in the house. I mean, it is snowing. I get that part. It's like a blizzard, but. It's just it's very implied yeah. that he wants more. Well, because he says, like, your daughter isn't home. Yeah. So this is your opportunity to, like, let a man into your life. Ugh, it makes me feel so uncomfortable that he wants to go inside so fast. Like, God, yeah, it gives me the icky vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I know she's supposed to like him and it's supposed to be, like, reciprocated but she is hesitant so that's why it gives me a major icky vibe yeah and he doesn't even read into her hesitance as being hesitant yeah he thinks she's playing a game he just wants his way and he wants to sleep with her and he wants everything so fast mm-hmm. oh yeah because she does let him inside they go to make a pot of coffee. They don't and even, they don't even make it. Yeah. He is immediately all over her. And they're like making out going up towards the bedroom. Thank God Lane shows up because she's in Rory's room. And mid makeout, he's like, How many kids did you say you had? And she's like, I have one. And she turns around and it's Lane. And Lane, of course, is like, great, another couple making out in front of me. And she's like, like, even my friend's mom is getting in. <laughs> and she runs back into Rory's room and starts playing The Cure. And Lorelai's like, oh, The Cure, I have to go in there. So there's this very sweet moment between Lorelai and Lane. Lane tells her, like, what happened, how she's going to be made fun of at school. And Lorelai's like, there are worse things that could happen. You could get pregnant and be the talk of the town that way. And I think it gives Lane some perspective. And this is an, op- this is an opportunity, or not an opportunity, but this is where we see uh, Lorelai listening 
to right. someone and giving great advice. Right. I even wrote in my notes, she is parenting Lane in a mm-hmm. way that we don't see her parent Rory. Oh, true. Like, there's just not a time where Lorelai talks to Rory like this and mm-hmm. says, it'll get better. It'll be fine. And you know, I, the advice that she gives her is so good. She's like, you know what? Everyone makes mistakes. It's about how you handle those mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's she what says, you're judged like, for. Prepare. This is preparing you for adult humiliation. Mm-hmm. And she's right. She's absolutely right. And I think Lane does come around to the situation then because Lorelai asks her, well, how did his hair feel? As good as it looked? And she was like, better. And then Lane's like, who's the guy? And Lorelai's like, that's Rory's teacher. And Lane goes, he has great hair. <laughs> Lane noticing the little things in people. But Lorelai then retreats back to Max. And of course, the first thing he says is, where did we leave off? Ew. Like, come on. But you, Max. This is Lorelai now standing up to him, though, because she says, Lane is staying the night here. Like, she's had a bad teenager day. She needs somewhere to stay. So she's going to stay here and kind of lays down the law. Like, this is not happening anymore. So we need to readjust our expectations for the evening. And he does. He says, okay, well, is there a hotel nearby? And she says, well, you can sleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. I think that shows that Lorelai wants to be respectful of the fact that Lane is here. Yes, good job. Mm-hmm. She's really playing like the good parent card here. And Max seems fine with it. And that's kind of where it ends. Uh, Max is asleep on the couch. Lane is asleep in Rory's room. And Lorelai sleeps in her own bed. With the Paul Frank pajamas on that we saw <laughs> in episode two. Mm-hmm. So it is now the next morning and Lorelai hears Rory outside and quickly runs to the door to meet her there and says, we there's a boy in the house. And Rory says, who? And she tells her that it's Max. And Rory is clearly very uncomfortable with the idea of Max being at their home. And they have this back and forth with each other. And Rory says, if you want to have a guy here, you should. Like, it's your house. You're allowed to date people. And Lorelai says, you know, I appreciate that, but it's it was one date. It's not anything serious. Which is interesting because last night it seemed pretty damn serious. Mm. But she said, no, it's just going to be us. And then Lane opens the door and she says, and sometimes Lane. And there's this moment between Rory and Lane where Rory apologizes and she says, you know, Dean needs to understand that you were here first. It's going to always be you. Like we're Legos at this point. We're connected forever. And I think that's very sweet. And we don't get to see resolution with the jealousy or even admittance that there was jealousy. But Lane is very forthcoming mm-hmm. that she was feeling jealous in that moment. 
And I think that shows immense maturity in Lane and Rory's relationship. Mm -hmm. Because when Lorelai apologizes for being jealous, she says she's a monster and she's so chaotic. Instead of using the phrase jealous, she blames it on a bunch of other things. Where Lane and Rory can speak to each other very differently than Lorelai and like Suki would speak to each other. Mm -hmm. But Lane ends up leaving and there's this mirroring moment with Rory where she sees Lorelai and Max on the couch. And it reminded me of the moment in the last episode where Lorelai sees Dean giving Rory that bracelet and realizing this is a lot bigger than I had initially thought it was. And she looks out the window even, just like Lorelai did, and she ends up looking at that picture from the photo booth of Lorelai and Christopher. And what do you think was going on in her mind at that moment? I think, well, when Lorelai was like, hey, don't worry, this isn't going to be a big trend. I'm not going to just bring guys home all the time. Don't worry about this. And Rory's like, don't, I want you to bring home people. If that's what you want, I want you to be happy. I don't want you to be alone. You don't like cats, so I don't want you to be, you're not going to be able to be a cat person. So I think her looking at that photo of her and her dad with Lorelai was her wanting her mom to be with someone, but ideally her father. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier in the episode, She's never seen her parents together. This photo that she has of her parents is like proof that they were actually together at one point. Mm-hmm. And I'm and sure there's like that that feeling of, you know, divorced kids have it too, where it's like, well, maybe someday my parents will get back together. Mm-hmm. But And it's also very like she's just in her new relationship with Dean and that's the same age. And like, Mm -hmm. is that like her and Dean? Is there, Oh, that's a good point. You know, what does that mean for her and her future too? Like just starting to put her feet into her mother's shoes, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there is a lot of uncertainty with Rory right now and trying to figure things out. And I think too, her conversation with Lane also put some things into perspective. Maybe I am too all in with Dean. Mm -hmm. Am I becoming my mother in that way? And that's something that I don't think she ever considered or even wanted. And now she's in this relationship and she is kind of all in with him. And I think looking at it from Rory's perspective of somebody who isn't boy crazy, why am I suddenly now boy crazy? Mm -hmm. What's changed? And I think, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's kind of where our episode ends. It leaves us with Rory kind of processing what's happening and what's going on in her life. So that's what we're left with until next time. Mm -hmm. Um, So that brings us to the end of this episode. For Love and War and Snow, we ended up having 12 references, so a little bit less, but it's not an Amy or a Dan episode, so I always feel like... Yeah, I mean, 13 has been kind of the average, I think, in the beginning, at least. Yeah, I would agree. It's going to get crazy, though. Mm-hmm. The next episode has a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, so 13, or excuse me, 12 references in this episode. No new jobs for Kirk, although he was... A reenactor? A reenactor, and I that's volunteer, so we're not going to count that as a job. And um, next week we have Rory's Dance, which is an iconic episode, an Amy episode. And I'm really excited to talk about that one. A lot of stuff happens between Lorelai, Rory, and Emily. Um, But yeah, that's where we're at for now. Um, Please, please, please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. We'd love to see, hear your thoughts, see your thoughts. Um, We're on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Amazon, Google, pretty much anything Uh you can imagine. And check out the pop culture references. Yes, our pop culture references on TikTok. Our TikTok and our Instagram are both underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. And we'd love to have you there. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.